Hey guys, you are listening to the Airgun Podcast, and today we're talking with Tyler Patner on this new Beeman Underlever Bullpup PCP. Um, we get into the details of this gun in the episode, obviously, but just to let you guys know, this is a pretty new thing, so I've never heard of an Underlever Bullpup before, um, but that makes me excited, and we talk about that in the episode, about companies doing new things and, you know, um, just how cool that is. Uh, to see new things being attempted, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but uh, let's uh, check out this episode and hear what Tyler Patner has to say on this unique build. Um, what is this gun even called, dude? The Beeman 1358? I, th- I believe the numerical designations are 1357 for 177 and 1358 for the 22 um but we will be calling it the beeman under lever pcp air rifle which for all of those naysayers that saw it in our catalog from seven months ago now because we thought it was coming out and then it didn't get delivered it is real it is an under lever pcp mind blown Uh yeah, and not just any underlever PCP, dude. It's a it's a bullpup. Yes. Or is, or is it technically a bullpup because it, of the it, it is a bullpup. Um oh. like by design, yes. Uh, full length. Well, I I don't want to say full length barrel. The barrel's about 19 inches, just shy of 19. Same. Um so, you know, pretty <laughs> Did you just say same? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm talking nice. about my my barrel. Right. No, I, I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Right. But anyway. fully, ri- fully rifled or smooth twist. Uh, shrouded for sure, but smooth twist. That's so ironic. Minus the smooth twist part, the uh, beam and underlever PCP air rifle also has a shrouded barrel. Amazing. What do you know, dude? Yeah, well, it's actually, this is one of the ironic things is like when they initially showed the gun at SHOT Show, um, it had like a muzzle brake style suppressor on it, like you'd see on, I think, the Commander, mm-hmm. uh, the rifle, the Commander. Right. Um, and I don't know how effective those are, honestly. Like, I haven't shot a Commander recently, um, but I know like the old Beam and QB Chief was like pretty loud, and the Chief 2s are, they're not quiet, but they're not loud either. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're somewhere in the middle. So the shrouded barrel was kind of interesting. So I'm like, picking over the gun today as I'm, you know, talking about it on Instagram and I like unscrew the shroud and there's maybe like a half inch or an inch of shroud before the end of the barrel. Like it's, so it's pretty useless. Um, So it's going to be on the loud side for what it is, but the end of the barrel is threaded. So there might be possibilities there. I haven't double checked if it's half inch UNF and that's because where the barrel ends is like right over the air tube. So even if you could get a moderator on there, you'd have to have like some kind of long neck or like an extension. Mm -hmm. So that could be a thing for folks that like doing that stuff. Um, But wow, I just like dived right into the details of the gun because I don't know why. Uh, And I should probably start with like probably what is the most intriguing thing about this, um, which is the price. So yeah, you tell us about the price. Yeah. So right now, for those that are not aware of the current landscape of the entry level PCP market, the Hotson Flash Pup 
is the least expensive PCP bullpup on the market. And I'm actually going to look up what the prices are because there's two versions of it. You have the synthetic and the wood. So the synthetic version is $350 and the wood version is $400 hairs. Um, great thing about this Beeman under lever is that it is going to come in at $350 retail. Ooh. And it comes with a lot of stuff, my guy. So not only do you get the gun, nice wood stock, uh, we'll get into all the features, um, but it also does come with a scope. I would probably throw it away from being honest with you. It's a little four power scope uh, with some Picatinny rings, one inch tube. I don't think it's going to be very useful for a lot of folks, but it's got it. Uh, comes with two mags. For some reason, it also, the one I have anyway, comes with two single shot trays. I don't know why you'd need two. Uh, a bunch of Allen keys and a degassing port tool thing. Kind of neat. Good value. Yeah, dude, that seems like a, honestly, you know, considering what it is and, and what's out there, that's, um, I'd say that's a, a competitive uh, offer, if you would. So the, I guess the real question is, well, which we can get into, but one is the under lever. Does it feel weird or is it going to get in the way? And two, does the gun shoot? Okay, let's start with the first one. Okay, so I was kind of skeptical about the under lever. I've tried some weird cocking systems on bullpups before, uh, and most of them fall short of the mark. I kind of like this. It's a relatively short throw. The, my only complaint is that you kind of have to reach your, your like probably index finger into this little slot that is in the front of the stock. Mm -hmm. But if you think about a bullpup configured rifle, right, your hand, your shooting hand, you know, your trigger hand is on the grip of the gun always. Um, and then your your offhand, in this case, I'm a right-handed shooter, so my left hand is always on that four-stock section of the rifle anyway, right? So it's right there, uh, which is great. So basically, I'm just kind of like turning my hand, grabbing that lever, and then pulling down and, and pushing it back up. Like, it's a pretty quick, easy motion uh, and, like, has a positive stop when you get, you know, to that cocked position, so... Like when you, you know, if you need to pop the mag out or something, it's like, it's open, you know, it's open. Mm -hmm. um, and then closing it back up, super simple. Uh, the whole actions, you know, cocks the hammer and then also cycles the mag at this. The mag is spring loaded. So when the bolt probe comes out, it cycles on its own. So it all kind of happens at once. Um, yeah. Like it feels pretty smooth so far. Uh, I haven't shot it like a ton, a ton, maybe a couple mags worth so far, but Feels pretty good. Like again, for the money, right? Like it, it's it's very solid in my opinion. Um, you know, kind of where the the hot son loses me, that flash pup loses me, is the fact that it's a bolt action, uh, right. and you and you have to reach all the way back, you know, to your cheek basically to cock it. Um, this is super ergonomic by comparison. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty enthused with it thus far, honestly. Well, that's reassuring because I, I know that you're a, I mean, you're, you're the kind of guy that doesn't like um, the stock on the FX crown, which tells me that you have taste and you're not just going to be like, oh yeah, this gun's cool. This gun's cool. This gun's cool. So for you to say that you're enthused is a, is a reassuring thing because when I saw it, I was thinking, 
Well, that looks like a really cool thing, which is a bullpup PCP mixed with a horrible thing, which is a springer. And <laughs> to, that, that was just my first thought, you know, like w- watching you <laughs> cock it and be like, let's talk air guns. So it's good, to, <laughs> it's good to be reassured. And again, until you get your hands on it, you know, you can have your opinions, um, you know, but hands on experience, I, I think speaks, speaks volumes. I'm just going to bypass that whole, like, I hate the FX crown comment you just made. I love that. Ugh. Well, anyway, well, not... everyone gives you so much crap about that. Like, why do you hate the crown? Even though I know you don't hate the crown. Yeah. It's just my least favorite FX gun. That's like, um, here, let me pick my least favorite Rolex. Not that I have any, I don't have any, but if I did be like, Oh, let me pick out my least favorite Rolex. Like they're all dope. Right. Anyway. Sorry, we got off track there. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. I was just, I was just saying, you're not the kind of guy that's like, every single video that you make or review you do is like, this is a great gun. This is a great gun. This is a yeah. great gun. Nothing's you, you, bad about it. Look, like you have to find, you have to find not. I don't want to say negatives, but like everything is nothing is perfect. Um, well, some some guns are pretty damn close, right? But like you have to pay a lot of money for that. Nothing on the low end of the price point spectrum is perfect. Uh, and honestly, like sometimes the performance of some of these inexpensive guns are so good that you're just like, for those people that don't know, when, when, when I do a review, it's all off the cuff, right? Like I don't script anything. Sometimes I'll write down like, Oh, make sure to mention this feature or something, but Mm -hmm. it's never like, here's what I want to say. And here's how I want to say it. Or like, I never write it down beforehand. It's all like in the moment, um, which makes editing for the folks that do the editing of our videos a nightmare. Um, because I'd never say the same thing twice anyway. Um, so yeah, but you know, sometimes you get like such great performance in accuracy or whatever that you're just like, Holy crap. Like I forgot to say anything bad about it because there are drawbacks. Like the Avenger is a great example. Like it's got a cheap hollow stock. Right. Um, I don't feel like I need to talk about that so much because like everything else about the gun's pretty damn good for the money. Um, yeah. with this, you know, with this, I'm like, honestly, I'm sitting here like not, you know, I'm looking at the gun and I'm going like, feels pretty good. Handles pretty well. Cocking's not bad. Got a quick disconnect. Like I'm checking the boxes in my head. And honestly, the, the only real gripes I have um, personally are that the, the scope rail system, which has like this kind of unique tri rail thing going on. So it's got a pick rail up top and then two on each side mm-hmm. uh, for like accessories. If you're into that sort of stuff, um, it's plastic. So I don't know how well that's going to hold up, if it's going to shift, things like that. Obviously, right. that'll that will find out in time. Um, so that's gripe number one. Gripe number two is the trigger, which is just long and like not well defined. I haven't investigated if it's adjustable yet. Um, I don't suspect it's going to be very adjustable, honestly, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, again. For the money, like if this is the entry point for somebody, I don't know if your expectations are going to be super high in those regards, right? Like, is it going to hit what you want to hit? And I think I suspect anyway, out to like 30, 40 yards at the very least that it should do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And does it, you know, I think the other considerations are like noise and power uh, for most people anyway. So like, I think yeah, plastic scope rail isn't going to be the end of the world as long as it holds zero. And 
people will get used to the trigger because a lot of folks that are coming into air guns right now, especially are coming in from the firearm side where a five pound trigger isn't the end of the world. Mm -hmm. This is not that far off of that beaten path. So, uh, and it's unique. Like it look, it looks pretty interesting. And the fact that you can look at the gun and I handed it to somebody today and they're staring at it going like, where's the cocking? Like, how do I make this work? Right. Yeah. And I, I love that. Like, I think that's great. You know, I think like if, if you have to think about it for a second, it's like this is different and different is sometimes anyway, good. For sure. And I was thinking that same thing was like, you know, yeah, sure. It, it seems odd, but who knows, dude, this could be the new thing that, you know, this could be the next uh, slugs, if you will, of the air gun industry and everyone starts doing it. I mean, I don't think so, but I don't think so either. But I mean, it's unique. And unique is usually unique is good as long as it works. Right. And in this case, it works like it was well thought out to the point where they saw something in the market that nobody else was doing and said, we can make that work and it doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. And, and I'm telling you, it doesn't suck. And I think that alone is an accomplishment, you know, because there are certain things that other um, manufacturers have tried. And then, you know, you say, hey. That sucks. Why'd right. you do that? It happens. Um, and that's just part of life. But, um, okay, so maybe you, do, you don't know this or maybe you do, but how? what is the, the trigger linkage like if that lever's on the bottom side? What is happening in there? Um, so I haven't looked at it yet. Like I haven't taken the stock off of the action, although I suspect that's going to be a little tricky to do because of that linkage. Like I don't know. What I haven't taken a very close look at just yet is if the stock is actually completely cut away in the center there or if it is actually like if the linkage kind of falls into it mm -hmm. um, or if it's just completely like cut through so that the linkage can kind of be there freely. I, I, I don't know yet, um, but I, I suspect it is, um, you know, a, a, the, the normal kind of rod bar setup that's probably not the most robust mm -hmm. um but i you know it's in a wood stock so nothing's going to happen to it as long as you don't take it out and break it it's kind of how i look at it that's fair so if we compare this to what you mentioned earlier the the uh, flash pub similar price point you're pretty yeah. much the same what what are the pros and cons minus the gripes you just went over compared to the flash pup, just so people can kind of have a comparison. Sure. So I think the flash pup is probably going to end up being a little bit quieter um, just because that QE system does a pretty decent job typically uh, of keeping the, the noise levels low. Um, and, and honestly, just knowing that there's not a lot of space, like empty space in the shroud that's supplied on the Beeman, I suspect like just from shooting it a little bit, in our indoor range, which makes it sound louder anyway, it's still on the loud side. Um, so th that's number one. It's definitely going to be louder. The trigger's definitely going to be better on the hots on that. The, uh, I'm pretty sure they use the quattro. They, yeah, they use the quattro trigger on those guns. And it's a solid trigger, like good hunting trigger. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what you're getting, I guess, at the end of the day. And that's the important thing with that trigger. Um, it's not as ergonomically friendly, so the Beeman definitely wins in that regard. There's no fill probe with the Beeman. It has a quick disconnect on it, which I love, so it gets the nod there. 
Um, both are a 3000 PSI fill. Uh, the, I think the, you know, the magazine systems are a little bit different, I guess, uh, but similar enough in terms of function. Uh, you have an accessible hammer spring adjustment on the Beeman from without having to take the action out of the stock. I think people might see that as a plus. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, the, the real downer for me, I guess, is just the, the plastic scope rail so far. Um, and by comparison, obviously, the hot has got that one one over. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little early to call it, but it, so that and the hot Sun's more powerful. I don't know if I already mentioned that, like guaranteed. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Hot Sun, the, I feel like they're they're good about, uh, you know, being pretty consistent with their power output. Yeah, they for sure. They make no weak guns. Yes, that is very true. Um I, I will say I did run a couple shots over the chronograph with the Beeman. It was shooting like the JSB 16 grain pellets at 820 or so. So not the most powerful, but enough, you know, like you're going to be able to take small game for sure with it out to 50 yards without a problem. Yeah. And I think that that really is probably someone going in a bullpup direction in, and in, in, it comes out in 17 and 22, right? Right. Yep. I feel like people going in that direction aren't, they're not looking uh, for something more powerful with, with those Maybe. parameters, yeah. you know? So like if you're looking at 17 or 22, you're, you're probably not expecting, you know, 50 foot pounds of energy. Um, I hope not. <laughs> and if you are, dude, you're in the wrong, uh, you know, business, but yes. Um, yeah. Well, that, that sounds pretty good. And I was just thinking, you know, for people to have kind of a comparison of, I would say a a tried and true gun, the Hotson mm-hmm. uh, Flash Pup. You know that was a gun I considered getting actually at several points. Um, and uh, yeah, the only things I personally so far haven't liked just from the the look of the the uh, Flash or I, and perhaps functionality, but I haven't shot one. Is just the. Uh, the long bolt seems kind of like unnecessarily, you know, long and, and curved like those those cows with the huge horns. You know, <laughs> I don't know what those are called. I can't remember. You're, you're talking about the cocking bolt, right? Yes, yes. It is. It is a little on the long side, but it actually is a benefit in use. Um, just because. So what happens a lot of times with like shorter bolts, like the Storm Rider is a good example of this is that you need to get your thumb on the or like towards the back of that stock or the action on the storm rider um to really like give you that good kind of counterweight to pull against mm-hmm. uh, because you know if you just pull that thing up like it's a short bolt your hands pretty close to the receiver um but it's not the strongest p- part of the gun obviously so uh, you know, as you've experienced, like you can break it um, and it's not like the smoothest operation in general. Right. Um, yeah. The one the one thing that at least in my opinion, that longer bolt and like it's just beefier in general on the flash pup is like you can get your instead of just being able to get one or two fingers on it, like you can get three or four, at least for my, you know, child size hands. I can I can almost get my whole hand on that bolt to rack it back with authority without having to have that my thumb at the back of the action. Right. So it, it just makes it a little bit easier to use. But again, like it's probably my biggest gripe about bolt action 
bullpups is that you have to reach so far back. You like a side lever, it works. It's smooth enough, even if it's located at the back of the action. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we've we've uh, talked about that. You know, it's it's time if you're making a bullpup in 2021 in the airgun industry, put the cocking lever up closer towards the trigger. Yes. Um, I can tell you, like, I guarantee you it's still going to happen. Like people are still going to put them at the back of the action just Mm -hmm. because they're taking rifle actions and dropping them into bullpup stocks. And that's fine. Right. Um, because you're, you're building that gun to meet a price point. Most of the time, it is not a purpose built bullpup, but I feel like the beam and under lever is truly a purpose built bullpup, which is kind of nuts for a $350 gun. Um, yeah, and and like you said, it, it is it's taking a, a look at something in the market that hasn't been done before, that's missing perhaps, and uh, giving it a go. So, I think, and like you you mentioned too, you know, that there are features that one can perhaps overlook or or um, not focus on so much because they're getting such a great value in said uh, purchase. So, you know, for for someone like me who's been shooting a an FX Maverick and an M3 over the past, you know, couple weeks. I I feel like it's important for me to remember that not every gun uh, is going to be that smooth. Yeah, in the cocking lever or the trigger's not going to be that light or just all around. All the features are, I mean, they are they are worth what you pay for them. Um, so it's good to be to kind of hop back down to that entry level per se and you know and and get get back to reality because for the most part dude i would say 95% of people in the airgun industry would probably be more than happy with an entry level to mid level pcp like it's going to do pretty much everything they needed to. Now your crazy competitors and people into crazy high performance and long range shooting and all that kind of stuff, you know, they, they need something different, but I, I just, I don't want to communicate to people trying to get into the sport that they should not get an entry level gun and they should go straight to a high end gun because it's just worth it. You know, it's like, Mm hop in and get get some cheap you know or affordable for you and get get to shooting and see what you like and then move from there yeah i'm a i'm personally a proponent of the whole idea like if you can afford a bit more it's worth spending a bit more usually um so buy the best thing that you can afford right but i also understand like talk to tons of people about this all the time not everybody can afford like $500 for just the gun when you're talking about a PCP is a big investment to a lot of folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need these entry level guns uh, to offer a decent level of performance, right? Like people, people see like springers and maybe they've tried one or something and they, they go through that struggle with learning the artillery hold or maybe like keeping a scope zeroed, like trying to, navigate that can be very difficult if you don't have any guidance and you're not doing the research necessarily um getting into a pcp from the jump alleviates a lot of that and it's a lot easier to get along with it's much more like a firearm than 
a Springer or a multi-pump or a CO2 gun, right? Um, there's just not as much stuff going on, right? And the performance is more consistent with a PCP. I think, you know, even if you have something that's unregulated, you're still going to get a decent number of shots for the distances most people are shooting. You know, if you're shooting at 25 yards, like, yeah, you're not going to be getting a good enough shot count to stretch out to 50 for three mags with a, with something like this Beeman, for example. But if you're shooting at 20 to 30 yards in your backyard and you're just shooting at squirrels or, or chipmunks or rabbits or whatever, it's going to be more than fine for three, three, maybe even four mags. Like, I don't know. I haven't done a full shot count yet, but mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get enough shots without a massive point of impact shift due to velocity change uh, to, to be more than satisfied with the performance of the gun. And on top of that, kind of similar with the flash pup, like not a huge air cylinder. So you can fill it with a hand pump if you need to. Again, don't recommend that. Never will. It's not fun for anyone, but, if that is what you're relegated to or that's where you're starting, it'll get the job done. Okay, well, I just want to say this. First of all, all of that was great, okay? But as far as the hand pump goes, I just filled up an FX Impact M3 with a 580cc carbon fiber bottle with a hand pump all the way to 250 bars. Wow, okay. you're, in, you're in shape, aren't you? Dude. I don't want to say I'm in shape, but I have a mustache. So you can do everything with one hand, man. Pretty much. And yeah. at one point I had to because the it's still the original hand pump I had from when I bought the Stormrider. And uh something in it is is leaking, so I have to kink the hose in a very particular position <laughs> for it to fill. So is it is it the O-ring inside of the quick disconnect? It could be, dude. But I want to take a flashlight and check that out, bud. You know, at this point, it doesn't matter. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah, it, well, if it ain't broke, then sell it and you know get you something real to fill with. That's what I would tell most people, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, I just want to throw that out there. It's not impossible. Yes. Uh, but you you. There are more efficient ways. And I always I point people in that in that direction too. I will um, always dissuade people from buying a hand pump uh, at the outset just because I want people to actually shoot their guns and enjoy shooting their guns. Uh, and unless you are looking for a workout or your wife is upset with you because you've let yourself get into a physical wreck, um, I, I think you'll you'll thank me for not buying a hand pump. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and as far as the hand pumps go, just don't do it, okay? And if you're going to do it, buy a Hill hand pump because they're awesome. If you're going to do it. If you're going to do it. Or if you, you're like, look, I want to get into the sport. I can't swing a tank or a compressor. I need a hand pump. Then get one. That's what I did. So... Um, and here I am five years later with the same one and it's just now going out on me. So if that should tell you they're built Ford tough, you're, you're, you're an interesting specimen. Like most people start with a BCP and then learn that they, they hate hand pumping and then buy a tank or a compressor or something. Um, you're the opposite. Like you put 
all the money into guns and kept rolling with the hand pump, which is, and I know you have one of those meh compressors, um, which is fine. I, I shouldn't say stuff like that, but, um, you know, you're still rolling heavy with the hand pump, which is a, a testament, my friend. Like that's not, like I said, most people go the other way. So you have my respect for that. Dude, I'm not like most people of you. I haven't figured I, it out I'm yet, but... well aware. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and part of it is uh, is also, you know, I've probably used that uh, that Yonghang compressor six to seven times total. Um, I've seen more and more people with them who have like higher end air guns. And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, maybe there's, they won't explode in my face. Um Lord it's only Lord. happened to a handful of people. Well. So I uh, hope it doesn't happen to you or anybody else out there. Yeah, let's not start that second handful, you know. Uh, yeah. But either way, you know, I always stand clear. Yes. Put a, a riot shield in front of me. Yes. Um, hey, by the way, one thing I should mention about this Beeman under lever PCP um, bullpup thing. Uh, one thing I love about dealing with a lot of these uh, imported air guns from overseas is that depending on the company that's importing them. Uh, so in this case, like Beeman or SR industries out in California, um, not the most detailed or detail oriented, I should say in terms of the focus uh, on the specs of their guns. Listed on the box at 32 inches, talk about under-promising and over-delivering, actually comes in at 29 and a quarter. So very compact. How you misprint that on the box when the gun is right in front of you, I don't know. But anyway, uh, just thought I should mention that for anybody that's interested in the overall length of the gun. Heck yeah, dude. That's actually a score. I was looking at the online. I'm like, oh, 32, that's not bad. And then here we are, dude. If only, you know, that would work in other scenarios and people would be happy with less length. Right. Um, life would be better. There yeah. we go. Back on barrel length again. Good Lord. Uh, and, I walked and, right into that and didn't even realize I was doing it. <sighs> well, that's okay. I'm sneaky like that. So, uh, but, but anyway, that is actually really cool because I have slowly over time in the air gun world become more and more interested in compact guns. Uh, really, the the Adamin um, micro bullpup, dude, that thing really got me going. Mm, BP-17, yeah, I love that thing. Yes, uh, and then even the, the AP-16 with that uh, conversion kit, mm -hmm. um, that thing is dope, dude. Like, I'm... All kinds of just compact stuff, you know, the, the Leshy, the Leshy 2. Yep. Uh, I mean, now the the Air Max Cayman and Cayman X and all that stuff. Um, cool stuff, man. Good, good time to be in the air gun industry for sure. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I think I feel like just, you know, compact is um, practical for a lot of us, you know, woods walking uh pest controlling out of a vehicle that kind of thing i kind of mentioned that in my last episode talking about my dream line and then mm -hmm. you know going to a more compact version of an fx gun so compact i think is good and you know the 
if we are able to put something on the end of that QB, then, you know, a couple inches saved, dude. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I kind of continue to find interesting, like I'm, I'm like kind of pessimistic about some of these trends and, and things that, that have, I don't want to say have caught on because that makes me, yeah. No, I, I, I'll just, yeah, I, I didn't think the bullpup, bullpup thing was going to last in the airgun world. Like, I thought probably four years ago, I said, I remember sitting in a meeting at work saying, when Crossman comes out with a bullpup, the trend will die. And I don't mean that to be a bad thing, right? Um, I, I mean that, like, Crossman usually takes, uh, like, a while to answer the call of consumers, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's because they usually put a lot of time into developing a product. They don't just, like, throw it out in the marketplace and, and say, like, ah, we'll work through the problems, right? They usually, like, take their time and make sure everything's working the way they want it to before getting it out there. Right. So we, we were seeing everybody, like, I need a, I, I need a bullpup marauder and da-da-da-da-da, like, on and on and on. And then they came out with the bulldog, and I was like, all right, this thing's over tomorrow. Like, I'm just like all right, FX is still going to have the Wildcat forever. Everything else, everybody's going to stop making bullpups now. It's not cool anymore. All right, what's up? And then it's just like, bop, 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 bop. We got like all these companies coming into it. Now, oh, it's crazy, man. And now you have $350 bullpups, which, so I, you know, I'm not as clairvoyant as some people would suggest, I guess. Well, I would just say that there's always curveballs, you know? Always. Yeah, I didn't see this coming, and that's okay. But I, I do like the fact that it's caught on in the airgun world, and it's not really something we see uh, as a huge trend in the firearms world. That's one of the things I like, is that it's like it's something that's unique to us, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, dude, and the designs are getting more and more, I just feel like, appealing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the new... Uh, um, caliber gun. What the heck is that called? Uh. Oh, uh, it, it's a it's the cricket too, isn't it? Oh yeah 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 yeah, dude. It's and it's it that's kind of unique looking, yeah. It is. It's almost like a combo of like traditional mixed with tactical. Mm-hmm. And I I like it. I know some people don't, but I think it looks pretty sweet. You know. I, I would take one. It looked um, neat. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. So if they I, want to I send like, me one, I'll take it. Just saying. <laughs> I like people doing things that are unique. Like, obviously, this Beeman is a good example of that. Like, things that catch my eye are usually things that are different. Mm-hmm. Whether they work or not, that's a whole other story. Like, I'm kind of... Uh, like, the, the guns going after the impact from a looks department standpoint. Kind of like, guys, come on. Like, we got to do something new, all right? Mm -hmm. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like, it's a good-looking profile. I think ergonomically it has a lot of benefit, a lot of nice things going on there. Um, But that doesn't mean everybody should do it, right? You know, we I I like the tactical trend, you know, with – so, like, the I guess what was kind of started by the DreamTac, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and some of those other – like, I think Crawl's got a few guns like that. You have uh, Benjamin's going to be coming out with a new gun called the Gunner that's kind of of that same profile. You have that Air Max. I can't think of the name of it. 
Catron or whatever. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, what's the Adamant's got? You know, like the the folding stock ultra compact carbine thing. Like all, all that stuff is great. Like I I personally dig that. I think it looks good. It's practical, tactical, and a lot of fun. Um, so it's it's kind of nice, like to see some of these things in the air gun world that are that are unique. Yeah, dude, and it just it gives so many more options, you know. Because the, the more options we have, um, you know, as far as caliber, as far as design, as far as function, you know, the more people we can get into the sport, and then you know, just continue to grow it. Because I think ultimately that's what any industry wants is to grow, you know. Yeah, and you need you need options at the end of the day. You need things that'll appeal to a lot of different people. Um, one of the things I find interesting about the lower price stuff is that a lot of people, like a lot of guys that are hardcore into air guns that own, like pick a name brand, they own it. Right. Mm -hmm. They, they also buy every one of the low end guns because they like something to play with that they don't. And this sounds awful to say for people that like, this is all they can afford, but there are guys out there that buy these to knock around and like, if they break it, they don't care so much, you know? Um, yeah. And, and I, I like that because you get a wider variety of opinions and feedback about these guns. Uh, and from a development standpoint, it really helps a lot of these companies figure out what they want to do next and, mm -hmm. and what, what enhancements they want to build in or, or maybe they tried something here and it didn't work or, or they, they didn't even think about this, this particular use of a gun and, and every, that's what everybody's using it for. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and like people think that companies don't read their like feedback, whether it's on a forum or, or in reviews or, you know, and, and I don't mean like video reviews. I mean like reviews, people post on like pyramid air or Utah air guns or wherever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, like companies read this stuff. Um, and it, and even if you don't see anything done with it, like they talk about it, it happens. I can tell you that for a fact. So, you know, it's something that like the feedback is great and like the varied usage of the guns and, and hearing it from different places, whether it's somebody who pretty much shoots all $2,000 air guns, buying a 300 or $350 gun and saying, it's actually pretty good for the money. Here's what I would have done differently. And I would have charged another hundred bucks. Right. Like, mm -hmm. all right, maybe that's not feasible for just a hundred dollars, but thank you for the feedback. You know, like it, it's always good to hear and, uh, and it helps like I, I, as long as it's not overly negative, in which case then it doesn't help. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that is good too. And like I was saying, you know, earlier when, when you, you said, Hey, this isn't terrible. I'm actually enthused about this, you know, this under lever bullpup PCP. Um, when, when there is someone of a higher caliber per se, uh, who does step into that lower price point and be like, yeah, this is actually pretty dang cool. Um, you know, like when, when I watched Matt Dubber talk about the, uh, the Air Venturi Avenger on his channel and be like, Hey, this thing's actually like pretty impressive. Like I was really blown away. It's like, Wow. That's a, uh, that's pretty huge, you know, coming from a guy who's messing with the, you know, the, the best air gun technology in the world, basically, 
on yeah. a daily basis. So, and it's not like he's not talking about the shortcomings either, right? Like, and I, I think that's the important thing is like people, people always complain, like, like, like we were talking about before, right? People are like, oh, you didn't, you didn't say it. The, the stock is a piece of crap. And it's like, isn't it implied? Like, do I really have to say it? Like, you guys can see it on the screen. I tapped it. It's hollow. Get it. Right. Like, you don't, you don't have to beat that dead horse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you also, I mean, that's part of, you know, that if you're going to buy a gun like that with, with some of those higher end features, like there's going to be a point where you're, you're giving up something else. And in this case it was the stock. So if the stock will still function though, like, it's not like it's shattering when you shoulder it and fire it, you know, it's like, yeah, just like what you said, you, we know that. You know, yeah, and everyone I, said it. Yeah, it's a hollow plastic stock. Okay, there's no money inside. I've already checked, but it's it is what it is. That's interesting. I should start putting dollar bills inside of them, just like just a single dollar, dude. Or you could just load, <laughs> you could load one up with a bunch of pennies and be like, we we changed the stock, but we kept it the same price. Here's your so solid much. stocks, guys so much heavier now it's exactly what you want yeah <laughs> this will literally I, not recoil at all if you shoot it um speaking of the avenger since you brought it up uh the woodstock version of the avenger just came in um mm-hmm. so upon hearing this they will have started shipping i don't know if when you hear this listener at home if they will be sold out yet or not um i don't think they are as of this recording but just saying, you know, for those of you that complained about the stock, there's a better option out there now. Anyway, can, sorry. Can, no, that's good. Can you buy the stock individually? Not quite yet. Uh, we do actually. Um, there, Yes, it will be available, but probably more this summer, probably June, July. Okay, because I know there are some uh, Avenger uh, owners out there who are, they've already got theirs. They don't right. want to buy another one, but they'd love a wood stock. Yes, and uh, that will that will be available. It is backwards compatible with any of the earlier shipments of guns. So yeah, sweet. Well, that's good news. Um, I'm well, all dope, about dude. spreading good news. That is uh, that's the the air gun gospel right there, man. Is there anything else that we need to cover on that uh, that beaming? Hmm. I, I guess we'll we'll have to uh, wait and see. I apologize to all the listeners. I haven't shot it for accuracy yet. Um, that's the one thing I did not have time to do today. But I'm looking forward to checking it out. And uh, you can follow along on the Pyramid Air Instagram. Probably post some updates there. Wicked, dude. Are we going to see a, a Pyramid uh, Insider episode on this or, or no? If it doesn't completely fail me during the testing... Yes, I would say so. Yeah, I definitely would like to uh, to dig into this one a bit more. Sweet, dude. Well, we will uh, point the listeners that way. Obviously, they're probably going to be following you guys anyway, but checking out Pyramid Air for the, uh, the new updates on the... What did, what did we decide it was? The Beeman? Beeman Under Lever PCP Air Rifle should be on the website probably at the end of this week and they are going to be in stock when we put them up. So
right, guys. Well, if you are interested in that Beeman underlever bullpup, uh, go check it out on pyramidair.com. Uh, you can read up on all the specs there as well. And then if you have questions specifically about the gun, you can also do the little chat feature on their uh, website. And uh, you can chat with an air gunner now, which I have never done. Um, but that's because I can just call my dad anytime and chat with him. But anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you are someone who does own an Avenger or you're considering an Avenger and you want a wooden stock, well, you know where to go. Uh, check out Pyramid Air for the Avenger. Again, they may be sold out. Who knows? They could be a pre-order right now. But it's a popular gun. It's awesome. Uh, I actually just shot one uh, this two weekends ago, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, I was ringing steel at 150 yards with a little 22. Um, so pretty impressive, uh, really awesome gun, and uh, a lot of potential there. But anyway, it sounds like this uh, underlever is going to have a, I don't know, an impact on the market. We'll see uh, what this does. But if you guys have questions, uh, you can write them into the Airgun Podcast. We try and cover as many subjects and topics as we can, but we want to keep it relevant. Um, and that's why we don't talk about springers. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, a little bit of a burn there. But uh, actually, it's just really not my my forte. Um, and I haven't really messed with any uh, high-end springers. I'm sure that would change my mind. Um, you know, it's just like Walmart brake barrel stuff. Um, so once you go with a PCP from Walmart brake barrels, you never go back. But I've not messed with any high-end stuff. Anyway... Uh, if you guys aren't supporting the podcast via social media, it's really easy and really free to do that. All you do is subscribe, like, comment, share, follow on all the platforms. Uh, we are most active on Instagram. And then, of course, the podcast. You can subscribe uh, and turn on the notifications on whatever app you listen to the podcast on, whether that's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and like a million other ones that I've never heard of. But uh, we're on there. Uh, we're, we're, the only thing we're not on is iTunes because then I'd have to charge and I don't want to do that. Uh, I want to keep this free for you guys to listen to. Don't want you to have to pay for that. Uh, but anyway, you can support the podcast through social media. Super easy, super free. Uh, that's one of the best ways you can do it. You can also become a monthly sponsor and you can do that for as little as 99 cents a month if that's something that you're interested in. All you have to do is... Uh, basically listen to the episode and then it will pop up something at the very end of the episode so if you listen all the way through like this um, then it will give you an option to become a sponsor or you can just shoot me a message on instagram and uh, i'll get you a link to become a monthly sponsor but anyway i hope you guys enjoy this episode uh, thanks again for listening you guys are the reason why we're able to do this and uh, why we keep cranking stuff out so the more you guys interact with me the more content i can get out to you guys and the more relevant it will be because you guys are the ones uh, dictating what content gets produced for the most part. So anyway, hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy this episode and we will see you on the next one.